Welcome to the Booted Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum and Jake Lucas. Jake, are we, are we world famous yet? We might not be world famous, but we're definitely world famous in the eyes of our parents and moms specifically, and also our friends and possibly roommates too. I mean, I hope so. I mean, our, our moms have at least have listened to the podcast, right? Yes. We know we don't have a full soccer roster yet of people who listen to our podcast from week <laughs> one, but we know at least our family has. Can't even put an 11 together, huh? No, not at all. But funny enough, my dad got me into the sport of soccer, and he could not get into the podcast at the beginning. He got really confused when we were making names for the CONCACAF qualifier, and he got. <laughs> he didn't really understand lost. the octopus. No, Jake? I don't. I don't think he did. My mom was the science teacher. My dad was the mathematician of our family. Ah, yes. So a science teacher didn't get the octopus. My mom was a science oh, teacher. Oh, I my see. My dad I see, was I see. the opposite. I see. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Sorry, Dad. Oh, ouch! Ouch! Your own son. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to edit that. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not quite the empire yet that we're going to be, but I think we're on our way. Yeah, we're like Curacao in the 90s. Just watch out. Give us a few more years. Curacao in the 90s? Yeah. So wait. We actually, we'll need to Wait 20 that. more years? <laughs> <laughs> maybe 30. I also realized, speaking of Curacao, I also realized I said the word Haiti, like, probably 10 times. I, I must be the biggest Haiti fan in the region. I mean, next to Timmy Chandler. <laughs> this is a Timmy, this is an official Timmy Chandler fan club podcast, by the way. Yes, we just cover Timmy Chandler and possibly the U.S. men's national team, women's national team, the greatest confederation, CONCACAF, and also life, what's going on in our lives and uh, the life around D.C., yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll continue to cover the U.S. men's national team as long as Timmy Chandler's still in the mix. Maybe we won't afterwards. But as Jake said, yes. That's the point of the Boot It, Boot it podcast is to cover all things American soccer. All the way down to the youth ranks. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, so, you know, we, there's all this return to play stuff going on. We talked about the MLS is back, the NWSL is back, Europe's back. When are we going back to playing soccer? And and for context, folks, we have the best co-ed soccer team likely in the mid-Atlantic region at least, right? At least seven on seven. We won the No Cleats Cup at RFK Stadium. That's... Not at RFK Stadium. Wow. How did oh. I mess that up? Audi oh. Field. Jake's having flashbacks, people. Yes. Back in the day, back when RFK was beautiful and young, back in 2017. Beautiful and young with rust everywhere yes. and raccoons. You guys all had your like updated on your tetanus shots when you were working there, right? I think so. Whew. Whew. Yep. Anyways, but back to our co-ed uh, king or uh, co-ed triumph. Yes, we won that. Didn't get to play in the co-ed league after that, and everything shut down. Glad to say that my 
the team that I'm on in Northern Virginia will be returning in September, hopefully. Yes, yes. They're restarting things in Northern Virginia, not so much in D.C. I was a little bummed because I was playing on an 11s, 11s men team, full field. We got two games in and everything shut down. I mean, this is everybody's story, but we're not coming back in 2020, I don't think. Yeah, that's bad. But you know what? Like, I'm really excited because there's at least once or twice a year I score a ridiculous banger. You did. In fact, you scored a ridiculous banger the very first game of that Audi tournament. Yeah. It was amazing. It was a ball right across, first goal, just blasted it. You could say I booted it. Yes. Yes. He he gave birth to the Boot It podcast with this shot. Very first mm-hmm. game in the Audi No Cleats Cup. It was it was fantastic. Co-ed division. Competitive, co-ed division. Competitive co-ed. That's right. We didn't play in the recreational division. We have to make that very clear. We were in the competitive division. Shout out to our boys at District Sports and girls. <laughs> They're co-ed as well, District Sports. Yes. Fantastic <laughs> league if you're looking to join. Yeah, if you're in the D.C. area and you want to join the league, they, they know their soccer probably better than most leagues. Yeah, way too much about our soccer lives, but let's actually talk about life. Matt, a huge milestone coming up. What do you, what do you mean, Jake? What, what milestone? There's a huge birthday coming up. I'm already 30 years old, but you're going to join the club. Uh, you had to let listeners know. Yes, yes, yes. I am turning 30 on August 21st. I've still got nine days left in my 20s. Yeah, and we're celebrating this weekend. We are. We are. We plan to make the most of the last days of my 20s. Mm-hmm. We are going to, it's going to be really fun, we're going to Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. We're staying in Maryland, but it's all it's all in the same area. And we're going to go Lazy River tubing. Yeah. Should be fun. It's, it's going to be amazing. If you have never been Lazy River tubing, probably top five recreational activity out there, in my opinion. And it's a great place to social distance. Yeah, you can float six feet away from each other. <laughs> yeah, just throw the beers or truly. Hopefully, I'll have a few trulys on uh, the ride. They'll be on, on the ride. Oh, on the <laughs> <laughs> not not driving. It's like, Jake, we do not on this podcast promote drinking and driving. We promote drinking and tubing. However, yes. <laughs> in fact, that's the only way to tube, in my opinion. But yeah, thirtieth coming up. I feel old. I, I've I've felt thirty since I was twenty-seven. I think. Probably when since you've been 23. No, no, no. I was a young buck back then. I can still, you know, make it through a 90-minute soccer game. So we're tubing on the Potomac River. You can actually swing swim in the Potomac River and the Shenandoah River, because that's where Harpers, Harper's Ferry is, is where it meets. And then it becomes the Potomac all the way down to D.C. That's not where Mothman's from. Harper's Ferry, right? Mothman? Like, yeah, Mothman. What is a Mothman? It's like the... So picture like Bigfoot and the Chupacabra, but mix it together. It's... Well, it, it's not that. It's a mythical creature that is basically a moth that's a man. So it's a man with wings. And it's somewhere in West Virginia, there's some bridge. It's like paranormal activity. I think there's like a movie about mothman too but like apparently there was like all these moth sightings and then a bridge collapsed somewhere in west virginia the 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 mothman chronicles chronicles destroyed a bridge in virginia west virginia in west virginia yeah not western virginia oh look i can't vouch for what goes on in west virginia but 
If there's a Mothman, I hope it doesn't bother us while we're tuning. We just want to float down the river and not be disturbed by any Mothmen. Yeah, but we could be attacked by birds, and shout out to our Twitter followers. Speaking of birds, that's right. Wow, wow, what a what a smooth segue that yeah. was, Jake. Yes, yes. So, so we mentioned, you know, we have our parents listening to the podcast now. You know, Empire has to start somewhere. We've got some Twitter followers, so let's let's give a shout out to our very first Twitter followers, Mr. Social Media Manager. Wow, let me uh, pull them up here. So we currently got Matt Crump, Jake Lucas, and then the first person that's not involved with the fo- podcast to follow us, John Krasinski. Congratulations, thank you for following. And then some guy named Chris Lowe, I think. Look at his photo. He's just like licking an ice cream cone. Just kidding, Chris. What a dweeb. Great friend. Really bad choice in sports. Eric Jr., congratulations. Thanks for the follow. Maloy de football. Looks like he's from France. Thank you. Wow, we are international. Yes. Wow. Booted. Benjamin Rose, and then Kick-Ass Stuff. Thank you for following us, Kick-Ass. We really appreciate that. So does Kick-Ass Stuff only follow Kick-Ass Stuff? think so he has 8,000 followers or he follows 8,000 people so we're luckily yeah, we're, we're, there can't be that much kick-ass stuff out there can there probably well we can be considered one of them I guess so I mean John Krasinski that's the actor that plays Jim in the office right no it's not I thought that's what that was we, we can't reveal who like our followers are like actually as people besides Chris Oh, so we may or may not be followed by an actor that played Jim on The Office. Uh, we are not. We, we, we can confirm that I, we're not. I think we legally have to say that. I'm going to hold out hope that we are. But legally, we're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what are, you, uh, what are we drinking today? What are we drinking? Well, I am drinking a, another local brew. It's a Port City Rivershed Ale, a dry hopped pale ale, and it does not have 9% ABV like we did last time, thank you mm-hmm. goodness, but it is very nice flavor. Yeah. That's also like, my dad got really confused about what ABV was. Alcohol by volume? Yes. What did he get confused about? He didn't know what it was, and he didn't know what the percentage meant. So he just saw these random percentages on the, on the and then when the things were higher, he got drunker, and when they were lower, <laughs> I wonder what that could mean. I mean, like, I could... The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's whatever whatever we drink, we enjoy. If it gets That's up. true. Don't worry about the numbers, right? No. What are we drinking here? So I have Atlas, not brewery, but Atlas Brewworks. Brewworks. Not sponsoring the Buddha podcast. Yeah, none of these are sponsors. Yes. <laughs> but the District Common Craft Lager. Uh, very solid beer. One of my favorites. Just opened in Southeast. South, southeast? Yes. In Navy South, Yard. Yes. Navy Yard, Southeast uh, DC. Yes. I actually went there this past Saturday. Awesome. It's mm-hmm. right by the, the Washington Nationals baseball stadium. And beautiful setting. They repaved everything. Oh, it's great. If you're in the DC area, definitely give it a try. Again, not a sponsor. Yeah, I mean, like, the people listening to this actually probably go there with us anyway, so... Yeah, true. Don't need to worry about Our that. parents. Yeah. John Krasinski. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get down to business. So what are we going to talk about during uh, the show today? We're going to talk about a lot. Not as much as we did yesterday, or last time, but we had to set the table for the rest of 20, 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. 
So um, if you didn't listen to our first episode, go back, give it a listen. We talked, we talked MLS restart, we talked European restart, we talked American players shining in in both of those arenas, and we talked about the realignment of Concacaf itself and World Cup qualifying, Nations League, et cetera, et cetera. We also talked about slides that didn't make the show. We also talked about some things that did not make the show. <laughs> we'll we'll release that. That that'll be like a bonus material. That that clip. It'll be anybody anybody wanting a good laugh. Uh, we definitely were trying to be experts when uh, we weren't. But now we're becoming experts after episode one, getting finally launched, having fourteen to fifteen people listen to the first one. We know we're going to take over the world. So. Yeah, Empire Begins. Yeah. And the last thing we talked about, which make sure you listen to, is our our desired 30-man <laughs> roster. Roster camps. 30-man camp for if a World Cup qualifier and or World Cup had to be played next week. Yes. That is that is probably the most fun part of the show. Yeah, just skip to the end. It's like the last 30 minutes out of a 90-minute podcast. <laughs> or you could just skip it like it was not that great. Or listen to the whole thing, right? Yeah. Eh, don't do that. Don't I mean, do that. if you don't listen to the whole thing, like, could you really say you started with Buddha when we were nothing? Yeah. Don't you want to be hipster? I mean, like, think about it. You join, you listen to that crappy podcast, the first episode, not the second or the rest of them. And then you're like, man, like, I feel like I invested in Google. I invested in Amazon when it was like a dollar. And now look at me, I'm a millionaire. And you could get that feeling by just listening to that first one and then falling in love with us. That's right. Our IPO will be coming as soon as our T-shirts get here, I guess. Yeah, so we're our sponsorship by Port City, Atlas, which we're not sponsored by. Uh, Peloton, maybe. Like, Ooh, great app. Nice. That'd be nice. I'd like one of those machines in my house. You download the app. That's all you need. That's true. Cool. That's true they do have that. All right, well, let's get going with this show. So, top of mind right now is MLS's back tournament. Just finished up. Portland Timbers took the championship and solidified their place in the CONCACAF Champions League. When that will take place, we don't know. More on that later. Um, But it was a good game. Uh, Orlando kind of dominated for most of the game, but Portland just kind of were solid defensively and caught them on the break. Uh, Their center backs were the scorers here, ironically, with all the offensive firepower that they have. Um, But a pretty good end to what was a pretty good tournament. An excellent Mm -hmm. tournament, actually, considering. Yeah. I mean, uh, we had, what, the first two tournaments with NWSL and MLS to start and finish their tournaments since the pandemic started. So great job to both of those, especially when you look at it, Nashville and Dallas coming in having the quarantine and get pulled out. And yeah. League did an awesome job with um, making sure all the players were safe. Even, like, the first one, like, first few games where they had to delay a few. Uh, but a fantastic tournament. Super exciting. Especially, like, when <clears throat> you look at it, look at the things they did digitally, whether it was getting fans on the screens or just hearing, like, the players, the coaches – um, at halftime, when they did they did an audio review of like the best sound bites, and that was really cool just to see a player shouting, players celebrating, and uh, lots of bleeping going on. Yes, lots of bleeping. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching one game, and I think it was Peter Vermees on the mm-hmm. sideline. 
Yeah, they, they pretty much had to muffle the entire audio of what he was saying. Yeah. So, uh, but we did get some good sound clips. It was not church appropriate. No, no. And uh, Jake's actually even more world famous, other than having this podcast, he was on one of those billboards for the DC United game. Yes, I was. I made it for the DC United vs. Toronto game. Yeah, yeah. You just looked up at the screen and, and Jake's big head was first thing you saw. Yeah, I was there wearing my DC United Nick DeLeon jersey. Oh. That's actually my good luck jersey. I didn't wear it against Montreal, so I feel like I let us down. Wait, you wore the Nick DeLeon jersey against Toronto? Yes. Wow. Well, it's a ballsy move. It's a ballsy move. move. But it mostly worked out. Yes. It was a great tournament. Uh, we talked a lot about some of the U.S. men's national team player pool uh, the, the players that kind of stood out. So I guess a final word on that. You know, uh, Chris Mueller, he, as the tournament went on, he kind of faded a little bit to the background. Nani kind of took over because he's Nani. Yeah, that's uh, it's been kind of interesting. You think about, like, the players that do come in. You got Zlatan, Rooney. Even in... Like when Lampard, well, Lampard when he came in, really didn't count him coming to Major League Soccer or Gerard, but like a Pirlo, they come in first year, they're good, and then they start tailing down. Mm-hmm. But you look at Nani, I think it took like all last year to adjust, get better and better, and then just this tournament just came out to shine, which was really cool. Yeah. And just like his touch, like classes forever. Oh, man. And like anytime he touches the ball, plays the ball in, you know, it's going to be borderline yeah. world class. Yeah, even at his age, him one-on-one against anyone is still a scary, scary situation. Yeah, and I want to apologize for us because we talked about players and we brought up Brandon Aronson uh, just a little bit on our podcast. And as soon as we finished, I believe it was Philadelphia versus SKC, and he had an amazing match. Oh, yeah. Yes. He was great from start to finish. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brendan Aronson, he, we might not be seeing him in the MLS for very long. He is getting looks. We, we talked about that a little bit. He's getting mm-hmm. looks. He had a great – I mean, just his his poise on the ball, his uh, awareness, his, his final pass. I mean, I, th- I think we said it last time. He made some De Bruyne-level passes in a lot of those games, in the later stages against the better team. So mm-hmm. – I mean, it's it's going to be fun uh, to see where he goes. Um, a few other players that we actually didn't mention as well are the Portland guys. Um, so are we going to consider them Portland, or are we going to actually say where they're from? Okay, where they were well, born where are raised. they from? Born and raised. Where where was Jeremy Bobasay and Eric Williamson born and raised? The D.C. area. Oh! Yes. I believe it's... D.C. standouts. You're, I know you're correct this on is gonna be, Eric Williamson. This is going to have to be fact-checked, but I believe it was OBGC Rangers for Williamson and then Potomac for... Potomac Soccer Club for yeah, Bobo C. Yes. I believe this wow. are the two clubs. I don't know if it's the same player for the clubs, or, but I know like this whole area has been amazing. Uh, yeah. With, like those two players and just like a few other sets. I think Williamson was in uh, the DC United Academy for a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. Yeah, Williamson is kind of a late bloomer. He was, I think he was playing with Portland, too, for a while. He's 23. He's now, uh, you know, kind of a solid starter in the central midfield for Portland. And 
And we've we've known about Abobase for the past couple of years. He's he's kind of off and on. He's you know when he's when he's finishing, he's finishing though. And I think that's I think when you're looking at U.S. men's national teams forwards, the guy that can put the ball in the back of the net, you can't afford to let slip. So they're young. They're playing well with on a good team right now. So so hopefully that continues. Yeah, and we'll talk about my favorite MLS player. And probably, if you've followed the league for the last seven years, probably one of your favorite players, too, Diego Valeri. Yeah, big big time. Big yeah. time in this final, right? Yeah. I would have to throw him into, like, the all-time 11 for MLS players. Yeah. he's He's been doing it year in and year out. I mean, he's, he's kind of a – he's usually a super sub now, but they gave him the minutes in this final, and he delivered, so – Good man management, I would say. Yes. Um, but yeah, so MLS's back tournament is a wrap. And now we're starting with a truncated season. Jake, can you tell us a little bit about that? Next round should be really cool. It looks like Paul Ariola is um, getting back in fit and getting back to practice, according to social media, of course. Well, um, social media is always truthful. Yeah, but it's been, uh, been pretty cool. Now we're going back to home markets. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully pretty well. We got yes. the first one tonight. That's in, right. Uh, so, yeah, so the two teams that did not get to participate, Nashville and FC Dallas, will be playing a home and away over the course of this next week. Mm-hmm. And they'll play another time to make up their three games that they missed. And I believe everybody else is playing 18 games. I think it's 18 in total. 18 in total. Yeah. So what, there would be like 12 more games? 12 more games for those... Oh, I see. So 12 more games for those who uh, played in the tournament. It, it, so so at 18 total, so however, so minus however many play, uh, games you played in the tournament. Yeah, and the two games before. And the two games before. Okay, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe they said the final will be in December, right? Yeah. So that should be interesting. Hopefully, <laughs> let's hope we're playing in Minnesota in December in the snow bowl. How's that? Yeah, that would be uh, hysterical. I could just see like Taylor Twellman or Alexi Lawless just wearing their fur coat and just on the sideline watching, coming back in the studio. And they'll they'll the have to play with an orange ball and you know <laughs> shovel the sidelines. It's like <laughs> it's like the USA Costa Rica game, yes. snowball or whatever it the was. The legend, the snow, the snowpocalypse game, the snowball that yeah. was very instrumental and very lucky to get us into that World Cup. <laughs> yes, what a World Cup that was when we actually um, qualified for World Cups. <laughs> yeah, qualifying for World Cups. Yikes. Yes, um, but yeah, the phases, phase one should be really cool. Um, it looks like there's going to be a lot of rivalry games since it's. Uh, like right, so fence kind of. Yeah, so it looks like they're doing re- regional style, which is what a lot of other sports are trying to do as well. So, so right, so the you know the Mountain West teams will be playing each other, the West Coast teams will be playing each other, Midwest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, which you know, I mean, that's really the only way you can do it. I mean, we we learned with baseball that even that's hard. So. And I believe I believe MLS is releasing guidelines for players and their going abouts and what they can do. <laughs> Let's hope, unlike certain basketball players and baseball players, that 
players actually follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the NBA's done great when they got in the bubble, though. Yes. It's like the first few days, like the other bubbles, too. Uh, But I think uh, the players who want to play should be... Should be fun. Should be exciting if they can keep the momentum going. I think they learned a lot in the bubble, keeping players safe, testing, all that kind of stuff. So, I believe we're going to have a strong finish to the season too. And then yeah. uh, USL. Yeah. So, that is the top tier of American soccer. We also promised you that we'd touch on some lower league American soccer, and that is a tricky picture. <laughs> Uh, the official quotation marks lower leagues is the United Soccer Leagues, and they have their divisions. They have the USL Championship, which is quote unquote second division, uh, USL or League One, third division, and League Two, which is more of like an amateur division for college players in the summer. But uh, they are also back and. What they are doing is also playing a regional format, and it's actually a round robin. So the teams are in groups of anywhere from four to six. So uh, they'll play they'll play they'll play each other a couple times at the very least, um, and then at the end, and then there'll be playoffs eventually. Um, just some of the groupings here. So for example. You have Reno, Sacramento, Tacoma, Defiance, and Portland Timbers in a group. And then an East Coast example would be Loudoun United right here in outside of D.C. will be playing against Philadelphia Union 2, New York Rebels 2, Hartford Athletic, and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Go on, you hounds. Go on, you hounds. Who are actually leading this division? Uh, they have – there's been six games – five or six games played – Per team already, so that's that's great. They've they've already figured out how to do play the games and get get some points on the board. And so, um, yeah, I mean that's, I mean quite frankly, it that's fantastic because these investors who are already making very little money on these USL squads have committed to continuing on and continuing development of these players. Yeah, and when you look at just even this group, looking at the New York Rebels too, Philadelphia Union too, I believe Arison's Brendan's brother is on the Philadelphia Union two team, and even like the Red Bulls too, they have like a few players that are possibly U.S. are in the U.S. men's national team player pool too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is the this is the breeding ground for. People like you said, Eric Williamson, who just just starred in central midfield for Port- the Portland Timbers, right? This is this is it, and so you know it, it's tough enough to get full professional sports going right now. But the fact that that the investors, and the teams, and the players are willing to keep on willing to keep on with this is fantastic. Um, so we'll we will keep you apprised of USL happenings right now. As far as the standings goes, um, you know, we again, teams are only five to seven games in, but some some strong performers right now are Phoenix Rising FC, which who were pretty good last year as well. Um, and then teams like San Antonio FC, the Indy 11 in Indianapolis, 
Pittsburgh Riverhounds, like we mentioned. Uh, Birmingham Legion FC, which I believe is a is a brand new team. Birmingham, Alabama. The Tampa Bay Riders. So it's it's cool. If you're in some of these smaller markets, I mean, hey, show throw some support towards these teams. It's really cool. Uh, how how they've been able to to get going here? Yeah, I mean the Rowdies do have the history with NASL and even having Major League Soccer back in the day with the Mutiny. <laughs> the Mutiny. Mutiny. Yeah, yeah. So, I know. I mean, it's it's great to have soccer in some of these markets. We hope that we can, you know, one day have more and more markets represented. Yeah, I still Pittsburgh Riverhounds. You'll always have a place in my heart. Technically, the first professional soccer game I went to. So, cheers! Yeah, and best of luck in the USL. Let's go Hounds! Let's go Hounds! Yeah, I was actually living in Indianapolis the year that the Indy Eleven got started, and let me tell you, that town was all about the Indy Eleven. They they played in a college stadium and they were selling that thing out, yeah. and they continue to get good crowds. People in Indianapolis love their soccer. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're gonna always gonna be supporting our hometown, Loudoun United FC. Loudoun United FC. Well, I, I think that's our summer house. Our summer? Yeah, because since we're in DC, we'll go out to Loudoun and go to wineries. Yes, yes. It's our summer house. We'll retire to our summer yes. quarters and drink <laughs> wine and while we watch our horses run. While we watch our horses run and watch Loudoun United play soccer. Yeah, no, I've always wanted to make it out there with two Segra fields. Yes, it's a beautiful stadium. Very yeah. small and intimate, but it's like that field of dreams. You drive up and you're just in the middle of a forest, but there's also a Loudoun soccer complex right next to it. Uh, but you drive up, super small, very intimate, amazing if you're in the D.C. area to go. And They're allowing fans, right? Yeah, I believe it's up to 1,000. Maybe we'll do a live podcast there one day. Ooh, 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 I like it. Somebody knows a guy. I like it. Somebody yeah. knows a guy. Um, but, yeah. Love that the lower leagues are still going. Want to see that development keep keep going. Yeah, but uh, switching the flip to going from lower leagues and not talking about lower confederations like at like UEFA. We'll talk about <laughs> what's going on in uh, CONCACAF. Yeah, so we might have mentioned the first show. The Costa Rican Primera Division was the actually the first league in the region to restart. Um, wasn't there a league that didn't shut down, like El Salvador? Probably. <laughs> Probably. But we confess to not be knowledgeable enough about the Guatemalan Primera or El Salvador Liga, whatever whatever that is. But we will. We yes. will. You will be informed. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, but, hey, Costa Rican League yes. is – so I believe what they did is they kind of finished out their season that they were going, or, or I believe it was a tournament – and they're restarting their league pretty soon here. So, hey, I mean, I w- I'd watch some Illusionese. Is that how you say it? Udinese. Herediana? Herediano? Udinese. No, it's not. You're That's right. Italy. <laughs> Wrong country. My bad. Wrong country. Of course, Saprisa. Saprisa, yeah. I do have a Saprisa shirt at my home, at my home in Ohio, so... I mean, that's, those, these are fun teams. These are, these are teams that we see in the CONCACAF Champions mm-hmm. League, and they give MLS teams some problems. Yes. Um, so I would love – I mean, hey, if if there's a TV network that will stream this for us, I'm 100%. I'll pay you 5 bucks a month. How's that? Speaking about which, um, I think I tr- made fun of CBS Sports last time on here about how they did Champions League behind a paywall. 
I bit. I got Champions League. I got CBS All Access. They did a great job with the NWSL. And for the Champions League, I think they've done a fantastic job. And I think they'll do it even better next year when they could get American voices on there, like Demarcus Beasley. Yeah, they, I, I watched I watched the Atalanta PSG game today. Great game, mm-hmm. and it was it was good. So it was <laughs> Jamie Carragher is hilarious, dude. I was gonna say the opposite. I absolutely hate him. <laughs> oh man, when him and Peter or Peter Schmeichel were arguing <laughs> at halftime, yeah, hilarious because because I mean, Carragher's voice gets really high when he's when he's really trying to make a point yeah and so he was he was he was arguing with peter schmeichel and peter goes jamie no need to cry (laughs) and then there was just awkward (laughs) silence this awkward silence and then peter just peter just went on to what he was saying so that was probably that's probably the best like with the commentating like going back and forth i just love the personalities especially when they you mix those rivalries in england with liverpool and man united uh-huh. Um, even though I believe Jamie Carragher came through the Everton Academy. No, oh. he, didn't. he was an Everton supporter growing up and then came through Liverpool. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just miss Steve Nash commentating. Come on. Yeah. Come on. It's it's okay. <laughs> I miss, I miss oh, man, you, Stuart. miss Stuart Holden. And... Stuart Holden is probably my favorite color commentator. Yeah. And Marisa do like I wish Yeah, Mo do solid as well. Yeah. Very underrated American player. Yeah, yeah. Um and and so the Mexican League also got started again. Um I never really understood the whole Clausura versus Apertura thing. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that or can you not? I'm gonna explain it, but we'll you'll probably need to listen to episode three of fact checking us. Um, It'll be a fact-checking yeah. ep- the previous episode for every episode. <laughs> so from my understanding, it's either – it goes from this – it's like a fall season, a spring season, and then they do a tournament to decide the – like a, a Mexican – almost like a Mexican-U.S. Open – or Mexican Open Cup. Uh-huh. So you have your spring winner, you have your fall winner, and they all play in a tournament. Okay. The thing they stopped, I believe, this year is promotion relegation. That's right. I think they suspended that. Yeah. They due to due to COVID. Due to COVID. Quotation marks around yeah. that. Um, yeah. So, because like, what clubs were? It wasn't. There's a club that was about to go down. It wasn't Chivas. Right. So, so what I know about the whole promotion relegation system is that it very much favors the richer established clubs. Essentially, you have to finish at a bottom position for multiple years in a row for you to even be considered for relegation and you know which obviously gives richer teams a a, a opportunity to reload and do better the next year so yeah yeah we don't know how we feel about that but you know maybe that might be talked about later when we talk about what we do with u.s soccer yes 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 um, so, yeah, so it, there's Mexican soccer again, there's Costa Rican soccer. That's great because, you know, we really want to see CONCACAF Champions League become better and better. So power to these leagues. Hopefully they stay, stay safe and, and, uh, continue to 
not see any cases. Uh, but yeah, but the best part about this is Miguel Herrera is back in our lives. <laughs> the return of Liga MX. You mean f- hair on fire meme? Yes. <laughs> hair on fire meme. Best Mexican national team coach and one of my favorite managers right now. Better than Tata? Yes. Tata Martino, current coach? Yeah. Fair. And that's Fair. the one Fair. reason why I've chosen Club America as my Liga MX team. Uh-huh. I do have a jersey. Thank you, Martin Alvarez. You're my boy. <laughs> You're my boy, Blue. Um, <laughs> what a show. What a show. Not even a show. What a movie. <laughs> wow. This is what a show. How many How many of those Atlas beers are you in now? Six. <laughs> Not just kidding. Divide <laughs> up by two. Yeah, so we will we will become more and more educated on other CONCACAF leagues because they're important. Yes. Um, and keep you informed as time goes on. Especially when MLS finally wins a CONCACAF Champions League. Crossing our fingers. Um, so, a couple of U.S. women's national team updates. Uh, Samantha Mewis has officially gone to Man City. Continuing kind of an exodus. We talked about Rose Lavelle, who is Rimmer. at least seriously connected. And we talked and we talked a little bit about this last podcast where you know it's tough. You have all of these very rich European clubs who are developing women's programs and the NWSL is still a very young league, so lots of world class players will have to choose. Yeah. And I think it's almost like triple the salary in Europe what you can make, what you can do in NWSL. But right. It's kind of kind of encouraging to see like the players go over, kind of like what Beckham did, what Alex Morgan did. It's almost like a loan where you go and you play for a few months and then come back to when the season's going. So you're almost playing for like a full year. I'm not sure if this is like the same thing with Muse going over there, um, but like just see like Carly Lloyd uh, played for like Man City too. We will see what how these NWSL players, some of the best in the world. Women, women player in the world. How they continue to navigate this. Oh. But, uh, all right. Speaking of Europe, some U.S. men's national team players on the move. Drum roll, please. Yes. Anthony Robinson. We're going back to one of the greats for Everton, Anthony Robinson. Going <laughs> from Everton to Wigan, who just got relegated uh, due to administration. Uh, rumored to go back to Sheffield United. I believe it's a done deal. I saw that it was agreed that Anthony Robinson would join Sheffield. So that's awesome. Sheffield was really fun to watch this year. Mm-hmm. And boom, it's another American player playing in, and not only that, an American left back, thank God, yes. <laughs> playing in the Premier League. Uh, so that's awesome. Yeah, and just looking at it, Everton, what were they thinking without having a buyback clause for a player like him? What is Everton thinking in general? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As a man, speaking about which, Weston McKenney. Rumored, rumored yes, now we to, talked at length how we really want him to go to Everton. You do. I want him to go to Everton. He was, Rumor he was, was going to Southampton. So is there an update? Now reports look like in Germany that 
Shao Kahn needs to make an emergency sale. I believe it was from Derek Ray. Coming from him saying okay, they're making, emergency, Derek Ray, yes, yeah. they're making an emergency sale to get rid of him and offload him to Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin. Yes. Is Okay, Hertha Berlin is, was not relegated this year. They are still in the Bundesliga. Correct? Yes, finished two points above Schalke. Okay, that's right. That's right. They did have a really good uh, restart. But they also had Jurgen Klinsmann for a manager for a little bit. <laughs> for a hot right. second. <laughs> oh, God, no. What a year 2020 has been. You think about it. You think what about the pandemic. Year. You think about the wildfires in Australia that everybody forgot about. You think about this presidential election that's coming up. But the most craziest story is Jurgen Klinsmann was co- managing in the Bundesliga. <laughs> <laughs> And that's funny because speaking of the CBS broadcast, so Roberto Martinez is one of the other one of the other commentators, right? And you know how they, you know, have a little nameplate on the broadcast, and they have like their accomplishments. So Roberto Martinez's accomplishment was not that he finished third at the World Cup; it was that he took Everton to the round of sixteen or something of the Europa League. <laughs> And we were just—I was just sitting there. I was like, "Why is would that be his big accomplishment?" But then I thought about it, because who else has taken a team to third place the World Cup? Yuri. Yuri Klinsmann. <laughs> what team did, he, did Roberto Martinez take to the World Cup? Belgium. He was the coach of Belgium in this last World Cup cycle. Oh, wow. And Belgium, for my money, was the best team in the tournament. And Thierry Henry was the. Or he was he was the assistant? assistant. Yes, that's right. That's wow. right. So, man, I like you, could, you think about that. Like, look at the national team compared to the club. You know, Roberto Martinez, who got relegated with Wigan, yeah, won the FA Cup, then got relegated what the same year, the next year, yeah, went with Everton, did well for a year or two, ran that that to the ground, and then him and Thierry Henry, our managers, go to third place, finished third place in the World Cup. And then Thierry Henry does a horrible job with Monaco, and now he's with Montreal Impact, which probably biggest coaching accomplishment of his life, making it out of the group of the MLS's back tournament. Yeah. But other Americans overseas, there's really not that much movement. No, so we talked about... Right, so we talked about Anthony Robinson. Uh, an upward movement is Tim Ream is back in the Premier League. Yes. That happened since our last podcast. What a match. Did you, I did not see that match, but tell me about it. It was just a grueling 0-0 game. Or match, whatever we want to call it, because this is America. We can do game, match, soccer, football. But we'll always call it soccer on this podcast. Yeah, because it's the Boot It podcast in boot America. It. We boot it! 0-0 uh, game. We even went to extra time. And the goal was off of a free kick. So... I believe it was a left back just trying. That's right. I did see these highlights. Yeah, the eyes were looking back post the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. He goes, hits the ball. It's going near post and scores on the keeper. Yep, from a long way out. Yes. The the keeper must have been screwing because he 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 saw it late. It took a bounce before it went in. Yeah, I think it was just the eyes he had. Um, just like the way he looked at it, like the keeper yeah. just like looking at it, anticipating it was going to be a cross, and then just finished it. Right. Right. Yeah, Fulham, who is anchored by a CONCACAF backline of Tim Ream and Michael Hector, mm-hmm. Jamaican international, who I really like, 
they're back in the Premier League. So that's awesome. So that's that's two Americans, two more Americans in the Premier League, at least this next year. Um, and pretty cool. Also, American owner for Full America. Full America. <laughs> the return of Full America. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They should have Clint Dempsey be their soccer operations manager. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, but he's too busy fishing and rapping, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't like, have time. No, Deuce is just fishing, living the life. He's retired. Let him do what he That's wants. True. That's true. He's just going to come and be the U.S. men's national team yeah. manager one day. But, like, that'd be, that'd be the, interesting. The more I think about it, how I think it would be a bigger step and probably a smart move if Carlos Bocanegra leaves Atlanta United and goes over for football. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a legend there. He was. He was. Yeah. He's a, he's one of my favorite U.S. men's national team players of all time. Just so solid. What a, he has such great hair, too. I mean, that but It's hair. always a great haircut. That hair. He's just a handsome man, let's be honest. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Well, Carlos Bocanegra. Yeah. When him and Gooch were back there together, that was the best center. The center back pairing. And... Where, uh, yeah. wherever he was. Gooch had a solid year and a half where he was really good. Oh. And then he fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, I don't know. When um, the USA-Mexico game I went to in uh, Columbus, I think it was one of his first games, it was when him and Borati from Mexico. Like, they, Borghetti. Like, yeah, Borghetti. They kept on, like, they just argued, like, every single yeah. time you could see them off the ball. Like, that's all I would watch. Yeah. Was just them, like, getting in each other's faces and, like, pushing and shoving. I mean, just the sheer intimidation factor with him was, like, he was built like an NFL linebacker. It was just crazy. Yeah. Probably <laughs> the only person to fight Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Yeah. He's probably the only person who could win a fight against Zlatan. Yeah. Maybe. Potentially. Mm. Anyway, so the last rumor that we have to start is Timmy Chandler to Barcelona, right? Yes. I mean, it's it makes sense. Yeah, why not? They need a wing back, super a sub. lightning wing back, super, super sub, super speed, great crossing. Yeah, and just an overall a great human. So why yeah. not just bring in Timmy Chandler? Timmy Chandler to Barcelona, twenty twenty one. You he heard it here also, first. He can also mentor another American in Barcelona. Yes, yes. Shifting gears a little bit to Champions League. So we were we were all over the Richards hype train. He unfortunately didn't make the 18-man roster for the game. We still have high hopes for him. But the person who did for Barcelona was Conrad De La Fuente. Didn't make an appearance, but made the team. Uh, you, you probably remember Conrad from his starring in the U-20 World Cup when the U.S. made the quarterfinal run. And he's been impressing with Barcelona B. Uh, he is training with the first team, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, training with the first team and uh, against Napoli made the bench. So yeah, bench player for Barcelona. Like, think about the other players like De La Feu. Yeah, Gerard De La Feu, another Everton legend. You cannot get away from Everton. <laughs> yeah. Everton with this man. The only thing that's going to be talked about during this podcast and people are going to take away are Timmy Chandler, how great he is, and then how shit of a club Everton is. <laughs> but we'll never talk about Arsenal. It's cool. Until they sign uh, Until they sign an American. So, Conrad mid bench. He's training with the first team. Awesome. Uh, another guy that I just kind of happened to see was that made the Bayern bench for their game is Malik Tillman, who has an older brother uh, that also plays for a Bundesliga team. 
But so Malik has uh, played for both the U.S. men's national youth teams and German national youth teams. So he's one of those guys that you might be hearing about shortly who have a decision to make. Uh, but I just I just found that interesting. I didn't know that there were two Tillmans in the Bundesliga and they both have a U.S. connection. So let's see how that develops. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, no Richards. Uh, not even on the team. You saw Nicholas Sula got in when um, I believe it was Boateng that went down. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. Look, he's the fact that he's in the team to begin with is amazing, as we talked about last time. Yeah, next year is going to be great for Chris Richards. So. Next year? You're, you're predicting it? Calling it now. Calling it now. You heard it here first. Yes. All right. Boot it. So we wanted to go back and fact check some of the stuff that we talked about in the first podcast, one of which is the CONCACAF. Format, and who actually qualified for it. But what do we call the format? The octopus. The octopus. The octopus. Yes, we had a little bit of flack from people about the octopus, didn't we? I don't know. I don't think we got a flack where people were like, yes, we're calling it the octopus from now on. Besides my dad. I got completely confused about what we were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be clear, the octopus refers to the new CONCACAF World Cup qualifying format in which eight teams play around Robin, similar to the Hex, but with two more teams. And we're calling it the Octopus because we have authority. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to 2020 where we rule the U.S. soccer landscape on what we're Yes, yes. They, everybody, everybody from Burhalter down will listen to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me clarify because we kind of we fumbled the first round of that World Cup qualifying process where teams ranked from... 6 to 35 will compete for those final three spots in the octopus. Mm-hmm. And so let me just make that clear. So those 30 teams ranked 6 through 35th in, according to the FIFA rankings. Uh, they'll be drawn into six groups of five in a seeded draw. So the six highest ranked teams are El Salvador, Canada, Curacao, Panama, and my favorite, Haiti, and Trinidad and Tobago. That's the... Boo! Trinidad and Tobago, oh boy. Uh, so those will be the top seeds in each of the groups. So, time out. Before we dive into it more, can we consider, like, Trinidad and Tobago the team that must not... The country that must not be named? Like, Baltimore? The country that must not be named. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, El Salvador, Canada, Curacao, Panama, Haiti, and the team who must not be named. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Uh, those will be the top seeds, and then the remaining CONCACAF teams, lots of those Caribbean teams, a few more Central American teams, they will be seeded, and each team will play every other team in their group once, playing a total of four matches, two home, two away. These games will be played in the FIFA match windows of October 2020 and November 2020. So coming up, and so the six group winners will progress to the second round, so there'll be six of the winners in the second round, and then they'll um, they will play winners from the first round. So so they'll be they'll be paired up. So Group A, Group F, Group B, Group E, et cetera, et cetera, and then that and then those six teams will play a home and away in a direct elimination format in March twenty twenty one. 
And the winners of those three games will move on to... Yeah, those will join the Octopus. Cool. Yeah. And who's currently in the Octopus? Currently in the Octopus, like we talked about last time, United States, Mexico, Costa Rica, Jamaica, Mm -hmm. and... Honduras? Honduras or Panama? Honduras. Honduras. It is Honduras. Yes. Panama is in the... Andy Nahar. Let's go. Andy Nahar. Let's go. So we wanted to make that clear because that's pretty important since we are a CONCACAF podcast. Yes. So for our final segment, and we alluded to this earlier in the podcast, we thought it'd be fun to imagine a world where the soccer system in America is completely dismantled. We are starting from nothing... We are rebuilding from a vacuum and restructuring it the way that we want it to be restructured. So Jake and I will put together our visions and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll have civil conversation about it, hopefully. <laughs> Jake, so U.S. soccer has been dismantled. All the leagues, everything we know about it dismantled. How would you put it back together? Yeah. So the way I would put it back together, I am the U.S. soccer president. I would have one major men's league and one major women's league. So keeping the titles, Major League Soccer and WSL. I would have up to 30 teams per league with two in L.A., two in New York. And then for TV purposes, making sure that all the next team is a major market. So going on from the major markets, so Philadelphia all the way to like what team 26, 28, 30 would be. Mm-hmm. Underneath that umbrella, I would have smaller regional leagues. So what the USL just did was opening that opportunity to be like, okay, we have a Northeast region, we have a Southeast, and do like maybe 15 to 20 teams. And with those leagues going on, it was still going on simultaneously. So throughout the same year, I would install a promotion relegation, but a very strict promotion relegation. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if an LA team goes down, you have the regional leagues. Whoever's the top team in that regional league goes into a playoff against that major league soccer team and mm-hmm. WSL team. So there's a two-league final. Mm-hmm. And the reason you keep that... It's because the sport's still growing, and you don't want to have a team in Idaho, Boise, Idaho. Why not? Who's going What's the market value for there? Like who? What's uh, the viewership? Pretty high in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> continue, continue, but on the national level, like we won't get too deep in the promotion relegation. But the way you do that, you have the regional leagues super competitive in those markets. You lose a team in LA, they don't go to. Uh, middle of nowhere like Nevada they stay in LA they stay like Arizona type of thing so you keep them very close very regional and still have that fan base there Um, and also like these smaller teams they just fight for that right to jump into there so So we could have a top tier team from Boise Idaho if they earned it yes if they earned it Okay, but you're talking about from the start, you would not have a mid, mid-major mid city with a team in the top tier. 
No, they would have to be one of the top 24 to 20. If we were doing 24, it would be two New York teams, two LA teams, and then the top 20 markets mm-hmm. to make 24. 30, it would be a top 26. Mm-hmm. So you keep that TV revenue, sponsorship, eyeballs, people are watching it and building that affinity for it. And if a team moves down, so like let's say Philadelphia moves down, you have something almost like a Baltimore, like a team close to Baltimore jumping in there. That's regional play. Or in Delaware, where people can like still follow and be involved locally and have a team to support until their team gets back. Yeah. Because like when you look at England, if you would start soccer over, you're fine because you have people in London. All your majority of your teams are in London, right? A lot of them are, yeah. Yeah. So like if you look at it, a team in London goes down, you have one most likely coming up. Yeah. Like full. So my question is, so there would be the top tier, mm-hmm. and then everything below it would be regional? Yes. And so the way to get promoted would be, you could only get promoted within your region? Yes. So, so if, if a California team did really well in their re- regional league, but none of the California teams in the top tier were relegated, they could not go up? No. Interesting. So you'd be rooting for a team in your region in the top tier to do so bad that you would have a chance to go up. The thought is you would be supporting that the team that's in the top division, right? Yeah, but what if you're in what if you're in Santa Barbara and you have a team or mm-hmm. or you're in um or you're in Sacramento and the San Jose team is in so why can't the top you, tier. Yeah, but why can't you support two two teams? Well, because you live in Sacramento. That's your Well, home. Sacramento and San Jose are two of the major markets that would have a team. Yeah, but it's like what if you just don't want to root for San Jose team? What if you just have a vendetta against the city? And what, if, what if there's a San Jose team, a San Francisco team, and a Sacramento team? San Jose and, and San Francisco are two pretty big markets. Who who gets to be in the top tier? They both do. They're two different TV markets, right? I don't know. I don't think so. Pretty sure they are. San Jose and San Francisco are right next to each other. I believe they're two different markets. Well. Okay. I mean, okay. So that's your system. Yeah. So that can uh, that keeps the revenue that grows the business. And allows promotion relegation on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. U.S. Open Cup. I would host three U.S. Open Cups: a men's, a women's, and a co-ed, but also a youth one. So technically four, but youth tournaments don't count towards this. Um, the way this would be run is that the large team cannot host. So no major league soccer team can host a U.S. Open Cup game at their stadium. Unless they're playing another major league soccer team. Yeah. Same thing with NWSL. Similar to what they have. Now. Yeah. So that's growing sport in a large, a smaller market. So yep. if you have an Atlanta United playing against a Chattanooga, they're going to Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's to grow the sport. Super fun. And you can see a lot more upsets that way. Also doing a youth one, like it's already set up, but there's so many different, like not governing parties, but like different leagues and different tournaments and ways people are scored. Just having one unified system that you go from the youth level to be like, okay, here's our national champion. So you don't so have like a U19. Yes. So okay. you don't have like those five or six national champions that we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, amateur. 
So that would be run by just socially for co-ed, but men's and women's would be competitive. So if they want to fight their way into promotion, they would start locally. So we could start a team here in D.C., yeah. fight within our league, get promoted to that regional league, and then potentially get promoted to Major League Soccer. So this is a, this is a national am- amateur league? Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. But So it's not a national amateur league. It's just local amateur leagues that you can qualify for the regional league. So there's promotion relegation between... Between a, a hyper-local league yes. and a regional league, like the Mid-Atlantic. Yes. So basically... Versus the D.C. League. Yeah. So like we have the D.C. League, so almost like the district sports. We qualify, and then we're playing against teams from like Baltimore, Richmond, Virginia Beach, maybe Annapolis, obviously, maybe even up to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And we're all playing in that regional league where we can get promoted and replace DC United, Philadelphia, type of thing. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. Grand vision you mm-hmm. have. Yeah. And then going into the youth, building the structure from there, you would still have all your youth clubs, but they wouldn't have an academy system. They would have a house and a travel team where they would be playing against other travel teams. The academy would basically be broken down based on population. So you would have based on where you are in like the size of your area so like in dc we would have it almost by location so you can divide it up into different wards here in dc new york you can do boroughs la don't know how they break down oh wow you're talking at the borough level yeah wow because the population can be that high where you can break it down and you're having the best of the best play against each other so it's almost like odp so players cannot play outside of their own boroughs on their team, no. Wow, that's very heavy-handed of you, Jake. I know. So <laughs> you, can't, you keep my it. kid wants to play in uh, Loudoun County. You can't do that. No, why? What do you want to? I don't have a kid, by the way. Yeah. So you keep it super local. Because I want to play at Seger Field. It's okay. You can play there as a, as the away team. Okay. Yep. So you have it super local, whether it's by city, county, or location. And those coaches are paid by U.S. Soccer, so they're not. You're not paying to play for these leagues. You're mm-hmm. not. You're getting everything for free. It's all in U.S. Soccer, and they're paying these coaches to develop from U9 all the way to U21. Wow. And then, like from those those players, they can feed into the regional team, the MLS team, or the MLS reserve, and the professional leagues. The MLS and NWSL, they would have their own U23, U19, and U17 leagues. Okay. And that's my vision for U.S. soccer. Wow. Uh, That's a lot. I know. That's a lot. Um, Well, uh, the only thing I agree with (laughs) (laughs) is the Open Cup. Yes. Because that's not too far from what the Open Cup is already. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of the Open Cup. It's supposed to be an open-to-all cup. And so that should always be preserved. Um, I think where Jake takes a top-down approach, I'm very much bottom-up. Bottoms-up? I'm very much (laughs) bottoms-up, but also (laughs) bottom-up about the landscape of soccer in America. I think that and it's funny because a lot of this is what they're 
already doing. I think that you could have a 32-team top tier. You could start one. Mm -hmm. And you could say anybody can apply, but they must meet certain requirements. And those requirements would be certain levels of funding, uh, certain you know stadium levels and, and crowd capacities, mm -hmm. and you know investors, et cetera, et cetera. And we would kind of see, essentially, you would we would see how that plays out, and and so there could be. There could be quotas per region, so you could. So it, there'd have to be some system to make sure that they're not all on the east coast or all or heavily slanted towards the west coast. But I would let smaller markets do it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't think you'd be. I don't think a Chattanooga or a Boise, Idaho, would be able to get the match the investor levels and stadium capacities of L.A. or New York. So I don't think we'd have that problem. But I'd love to make a bid if they want to. So, you know, I, there'd have to be some deci deciding government, governing body that makes the decision for those 32 teams. I would do pro-rel, and I would do it more traditionally how most European teams do it, where top three go down, or top three go up, and bottom three go down. And I, I do like the English system, system where the third through fifth, you know, sixth place gets to duke it out. But I also like the German system where the, I believe it's the third to last, third from last finisher gets to play one of the up, up one of the possible upcoming teams. So I would choose one of those formats. But listen, but, but the whole thing is, so essentially the second tier would be made up of teams who didn't make the cut for that first tier league, mm -hmm. but still want to put together what could one day be a first tier league. So call it another 20 to 30 in that second tier. If they can match the inv investment levels, if they can match the stadium ca capacity, if they can... If they can put together a franchise, then let them play. And of course, there can be. I like I like the idea of, of of regional leagues under that. So you know, with promotion into that second tier. So essentially, it'd be a first tier, a national first tier, national second tier, and then regional leagues below that. I like that. But look, it's. It takes, it doesn't necessarily, market size does not mean market success. It's investor savvy. Mm -hmm. It's the, the, the hunger of a fan base. And why couldn't a Boise, a FC Boise, Idaho have aspirations to win the National Premier League? Why not? I do not want to. That's your name. The National Premier League? The, the National Premier... I don't know. That's just... That's just a name. Wow. Sponsored by KitKat? Sponsored sure. By Truly? If they want to invest... <laughs> if they want to invest, I don't care who sponsors it. I don't care if Port City sponsors it. I just think if... 
you have a talented enough investor group and front office and you have the facilities that again meet certain specifications for size of the stadium capacity etc cetera, etc cetera, then let let them play jake let them play so what's the difference between my idea and your idea your idea says that Boise cannot have a first-tier team. No, they could. They could ever. Win, they could win the regional league, and then go to play against a team that's getting relegated in that area okay. to play some market size. Yeah, like the whole thing that makes. I think. I think my the difference is that my system gets the gets them there quicker. It than your team than yours does. does. That's right. But like, and it allows more mid-major markets to potentially get into that first tier but where does that revenue come to when you're starting out so you look at the premier league why is the premier league so successful because it has the biggest tv revenue in the world yeah. you can combine probably three or four leagues and it doubles the salary or doubles like their income so like yeah but it, you know where a portion of that comes from afc bournemouth which is not a big market in england but you know why they get it because it's international you need to get an international presence. Who's, who's, if you're watching a soccer game overseas, if you're from Romania, are you yeah. gonna watch a game between Boise, Boise, Idaho? I don't know why we're picking on you, Boise. We're really sorry because you're a huge soccer market. Maybe, Jake. Like, it doesn't matter. Why? Why would? So why like, would anybody there, say the same they, thing about Bournemouth? Are they going? I don't know what Bournemouth was. How many Bournemouth fans are there in the United States right now? There could be a ton because they've been in the Premier League for a while now. Are they still in the Premier League? They're not this year, but how long did they did they stay in? Exactly, they're gone. But if I am in, but how many years did they stay in the Premier League? But think how about many it. fans did they gain? Who's gonna watch if a you're lot. if you're overseas in Europe, where you're gonna get your TV revenue from? Are you gonna watch a game between New York, LA, or are you gonna watch a game between Tulsa and Boise, Idaho? Jake, you, your argument, you, you're thinking of cities as the main thing that draws people to the game. It's not cities, it's teams. It's players. So if, if a New York team has some world-class players and they're playing an upstart Boise team, mm -hmm. and the upstart Boise team, just like, Premier League, just like smaller Premier League teams every year, compete with that star-laden New York team and even beat them, guess what? All people around the world are going to be, who is this Boise team? Just like people around the world were like, who is this Bournemouth team? I've never heard of them. And and lo and behold, people started watching them. And that, that became a very fun so team to watch. You're telling me the casual... There's no, there's no correlation between city prominence and people willing to watch a soccer team. I believe so. If, if that was the case, then... Nobody would watch Bournemouth versus Arsenal. Well, people are going to follow. But people Arsenal. do watch Bournemouth versus Arsenal. Why do they watch it? Because Bournemouth because is Arsenal. a great story. No, because people are watching Arsenal, a team from London that people are familiar with because of the history of Arsenal since they've been in the Premier League, have the Invincibles, and are in Champions League every single, mostly every year when they were under Wenger. Is it the same thing with Leicester versus Bournemouth? No. Are but people, yet people watch that. Do do they not? They do. Do they? Yes. Is it behind like a paywall or is it on NBC? If NBC goes, are they going to pick a game between Manchester City and Crystal Palace? Or are they going to pick between Newcastle versus Bournemouth? 
Yeah, they're going to pick the higher... That, but that's not the point, Jake. The that point is, is the point. The point is that New York and Boise will make the cut sometimes. New York and L.A. will make it over Boise and Tulsa if it's... Yeah, if they're playing at the same time. Mm-hmm. But... Those big, those big market teams have to play small market teams, just like in Europe, the London teams have to play Bournemouth and Leicester City and other cities. Mm-hmm. And people are interested in that because those teams are, are great stories. And they're all local. If you compare England to the United States, people are going to travel. Are you going to have somebody travel from Boise to New York? They how could. Many, how many away supporters do you think you're going to get? Ten. Ten at most. That doesn't... <laughs> like, just... That doesn't. I just the the amount of supporters in the stands doesn't matter. It's the amount of, it's the amount of viewers on TV, and who's to say that hundreds won't show up? Who's to say that they're not a bunch of people that live in New York from Boise that'll go and support Boise? We're you don't we're, know that we're going to agree to disagree with that. Do you, do you realize that? You are trashed by trashing Boise and not, and not saying that they're never going to amount to any fans and anything. You're also trashing any European team from a smaller town that has risen through the leagues and is now playing the top of the top and saying that, it's, oh, it doesn't matter because nobody watches them and nobody you cares. You can't compare. People do watch you them. You can't compare the both. There are so many more Bournemouth fans in the U.S. now that they played those years in the, in the Premier League. Probably. Yes, so the but, same thing can happen to the Boise team. I don't understand. Exactly, which... you're gonna have Boise going against New York when he can go watch New York play LA in every other sport. Like, just it's apples and oranges. You can't do viewership in the United States. Look at well, you're okay. So you're bringing in another element here. Yeah, you are because you have to. You have to bring in the competition with the other sports. You have to bring the NFL. You have to bring the NHL. You have to bring the NBA, baseball, everything. Sorry, I said it in the wrong order, but. You need to envision how to make those sports successful. And the way to do that is to go to every single nature market, give them an in, an option to go in. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to go in, fine. If they don't have the ownership group that's going to save them and push them forward, cool. Go to the smaller one. And then you open promotion relegation by region. Yeah. But you can't leave a giant gap in the United States by saying a team in the southeast goes and is replaced by the northwest. Because what does that do for the development in the southeast? It's gone. To me, so to me, so right to me, that doesn't matter. To me, that doesn't matter. To me, it'll be, it'll pull more fan in, more more fans in because of how different it is from the other sports. It'll it'll allow. Think about think about all those smaller cities who will never have an NBA team, never have an NFL team, mm-hmm. never have an NHL team. But guess what? We can have a soccer team that can reach the top. Think about you. You got to think bigger than major markets here. You have to think about the millions of Americans that live in smaller markets and the market potential there. You have to. And this is the Midwest mentality right here. Let's go. I'm from Chicago. That's a major market. You're from small town USA. I am. I am. But listen, it, again, the bottom line for me is if an investor group in a city is willing to make a world-class football club mm-hmm. let them yep. and they at, can... at the expense of an LA team that sucks okay and they can do that because the LA team would be gone yeah by replaced by a regional team 
Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that's that's another key difference between yours and I mm-hmm. system is that your promotion relegation is regional. Mine is no. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So you could have all the teams on one coast. Yeah, but my so my point is that that's what you could have in any of the European leagues. You and that's have, what you have in the Premier League. You could, you theoretically could have all Manchester clubs. If there was twenty Manchester clubs with twenty great investor groups, and they beat all the London teams, then you could have that. Nobody's complaining about that. How many London teams are there in the Premier League? Isn't it close to half? Yeah. And then so so okay so let's 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 discuss this. Is it a problem that most of the Premier League is made up of London teams? No, because that's the way the country is built. Most of their population is in London, Manchester, Liverpool. Okay. In the United States, is you're on the coast. Yeah, you're on two coasts, which are regional. Okay, yeah, but again, my point. Do you have a problem with? So the overall point is, do you have a problem with one part of the country being overrepresented in a league? Yes. Then you sure. have a problem with all the European leagues. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm also not building a European league. If I'm building a European league in Europe, where it's a country is a size of a state then yeah that's perfectly fine you can do it there it doesn't matter but when you do something vast and major like united states i think it's best to go regionally if you're doing promotion relegation you can't have a major pocket if you if you're saying you're not going to have a team in a major market so you do promotion relegation you replace the team you replace a dc you replace a philadelphia atlanta miami and you replace them with a memphis Oklahoma City, Iowa, Des Moines, Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know, maybe like, I can't even think of another, like, maybe like a Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think that'd be fantastic because those fans in those markets, think about how behind their team they'd be. It'd be amazing. They're, and they, they get to support a professional team in the top of tier of its country in a sport. That's amazing. I think it's beautiful. I do too, if they do it the right way. And I think... See, your, your approach is a too-big-to-fail approach, let's be honest. What, mine is? Yeah. What, that you should get to the major markets? That the major money? markets are too big to fail. They are. Okay. That's, get... that's, our, that's the difference between you and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's more of where the money is coming from and how we can keep that afloat. So you look at the parachute, what's the relegation parachute? When you fall down, how much money are you getting to go back up? Are you getting any money? What you're doing, the loss of income that clubs are having and what mm-hmm. they're doing with their staffing. And when you have this That's the danger of promotion relegation. We exactly. Know and if you're an investor that's making that wants to make money off a team, why would you open yourself up to promotion and relegation if you're in a big market? We're talking about restarting in a vacuum. We know very well that MLS investors won't open themselves up to promotion and relegation for that very fact. Yes. Aha. We're talking about in a vacuum. Anyways, good conversation. Mm-hmm. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. You can you can see the differences in the opinion that we have, but... Uh, it's it's an interesting exercise. We'll see what happens to the actual U.S. soccer system. Yeah, we know it's not going to change soon. No, probably not. Probably not. But uh, hey, look, as long as we're developing good players, 
Which we are. Which we are. Barcelona, Chelsea. AC Milan was lots of Ibrahimovic. Bayern, Bayern, <laughs> Bayern Munich. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it for episode two of the Boot It podcast. Yes. Follow us on Twitter. And you can find us on Spotify, Google Play. Anchor is the platform that we record on, but basically anywhere there's, where there's podcasts, you can find us. Yeah. Enjoy the, uh, the deuce to finish this off. The deuce. Deuces. <laughs>